Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. I am Simone de Rochefort and I'm joined today by the triumphant return of Christina Warren, Senior Tech Correspondent at Mashable.com. Yeah. Never leave us again. <laughs> Never. Never. No, I bet you guys what are you saying? We me. did great without her. We don't need her. We did her. great. We did great. But it's not Rocket without Christina Warren. Like True. you are unreplaceable. Like we're it all just unreplaceable. Unfortunately, we're shackled to her now. <laughs> <laughs> and head of development at Giant Space Cat Brianna Wu, who is also invaluable. I I'm puzzle fine, piece. But I want to hear about your cruise, Christina. Tell me everything about it. How many thousands of dollars is your story going to cost me? That's um, what I need to know. <laughs> Several, uh, which is yeah. fine. Um, I, I would say get don't go on as big of a ship as we went on. That would be my one advice. But definitely go on a cruise. Definitely go on a cruise. But don't go on as big of a ship. And I'll I'll say this because we went on a small for our honeymoon. We went on a cruise too, also on Norwegian, and um, it um in that cruise was on a smaller ship, and we actually. I think it was a little bit better experience because the ship was, there just wasn't as many people. This one, there were like 4,000 people on the ship. So it's like literally like a giant floating hotel. And like, that's fine. Um, but one of the days that was supposed to be like at um, a destination, like at the some Bahamas island that uh, Norwegian owns, um, it was actually too choppy. The water was, 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 was too choppy for them to um, be able to dock. So it was like another day at sea. And so it was one of those things where, like, people are clearly expecting to be able to, like, get off the ship. I did not get off the ship. No, no. That was no, that was not why we paid $4,000 on this cruise. It was not for us to see the Bahamas or do any of that. We literally did it because we wanted, <laughs> like, time with one another, food, lots and lots of alcohol, and the thermal suite at the spa, <laughs> which I that highly recommend. Amazing. Is that the alcohol amazing. part of the package? Or um, do you have to pay more You have for to pay it? for it, but we got, we got the, the, the bona fide, like, all-you-can-drink package. <laughs> so you pay like fifteen hundred dollars or something per person. See, that's what I want to know. Like, am I paying for it beforehand? Because that's you pay, fine. No, I don't. I don't want to have to be taken exactly. out my wallet. No, you pay for you, it beforehand. For- it, it, it's it's like seven hundred bucks or something a person or something like that. And and so and basically you get all you can drink, like all you can drink, like all you can drink. But well, I mean, is it is right. it good drink? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's up to fifteen dollars. Oh, okay, okay. There are certain drinks they won't let you do, but like I probably had like each day. I would say I probably had a bottle of prosecco by myself, and <laughs> you know a number of other things. I who even knows how many whiskeys and a seven and diet sevens Grant had, which apparently I found out is his drink. I which I was like, oh, wow. you Ryan Atwood, you? That's so cute. <laughs> um, that was a, a a shout out for all the OC fans in the audience. Holla. Um, <laughs> all five of you. I know. I know. I know. Uh, you got it. Justin Williams will be listening. He'll be like, "Yeah." Um, <laughs> no. Uh, we drank a lot. Obviously, you know, we, we ate a lot. Uh, it was great. The thermal suite was fantastic. Um, no. What do you mean by thermal suite? So what, what it is is, is, is it's is basically that? like um an area on the ship, and they only sell like a certain number of um passes. So it's it's super um I guess private compared to everything else. Like they have like free pools and and hot tubs for everybody to access, but the thermal suite has like this giant wave like like bubbling pool and then a couple of hot tubs and a sauna and some and something else. And then they had these chairs that are um uh ceramic that are heated that you lie on so you're basically like in just this room where you're just basically like in a hot tub or on a um, heated chair or in a sauna like how, 
how liquid how liquid did your body become oh just so like liquid lying oh so liquid. out for i don't know for, seven days oh yeah basically yes yeah, so liquid and then the, the the smart thing is is that even though they don't technically serve alcohol like in the suite like you can't like order drinks there you can like go out to the pool like bar which isn't that far <laughs> away and just you know come back and like and if and if you've got the you know the the drinks package as one does then you can just get like three at a time so that you can just you know have yourself set for a couple of hours. <laughs> that's oh my god, like a paradise. It yeah, was. It I was think really that's nice. maybe the point. That was basically the point. Well, I mean, what you said that uh, made it seem so awesome to me was when you were talking about like there being no internet, no access. internet, because you know as well as I do, like people at my office will have questions or I'll have interview requests <laughs> that come in or, or someone yeah, will I'll be favor. sending you Facebook well, messages. Well, yeah, we, well, here was actually the funny thing about that. So um, the ship that we were on, the breakaway, actually had Wi-Fi on it. And you could pay an exorbitant amount of money to have access to the internet, which we did not do. But we did pay an exorbitant seven ninety five per device to be able to text one another because they have an cool. app, of course. So if you pay the seven ninety five, and you can text one another through the app, which is actually really beneficial because if I'm on one part of the ship and Grant's on another, like this is a giant freaking ship, right? Like it's useful to be like, hey, let's meet here for dinner. Let's do this. Let's do whatever. I'm going to go back to the room. I'm going to lay out. I'll be in the, the, the you know, thermal suite. He'll be like, I'm at like the cigar bar, like whatever. Um, I would just prefer to put out calls like they do for lost children and be like, yes. Grant. <laughs> yes well right which would be hilarious um but um because of that what i'm guessing happened is that they had like they blocked regular access to internet traffic okay unless you paid Ooh. money for it but because the app uses um uh notifications i think that what happened was they had to allow notifications i don't think that they coded it correctly so that you could just have notifications from that app so basically i got notifications from every app Oh no! So no, but it was hilarious. So I literally saw every DM on a group DM, I, a group Twitter DM <laughs> that I got. I saw all of the rocket, um, at least the notifications for all the the, the Facebook Messenger um, things. Huh. I saw every the like the the subject line of every Gmail message come through, but that I couldn't act on any of it. Oh, that's no. great. That sounds wonderful. And so it actually was kind of useful because I sort of got to just, like stay up to date with what was happening in the world, but then like. I couldn't actually act on it. The one it's like training and self-restraint. Basically. Yeah. The one day that we did have access to the internet was when we were docked in Orlando because that was a port for some reason. And for whatever reason, I was kind of like, nobody's going to get off the ship because it's Orlando. Who's going to freaking get off the ship in, in, <laughs> in, in, in Cocoa Beach, Florida? No, like everybody got off the ship. Like all the kids, everybody really? got off the ship. And so oh. I was like, awesome. The ship is empty. And then I had internet be, um, just through you know Verizon because we were docked. And uh, so I was able to download some music that I hadn't had on my uh, – that I didn't have downloaded. And so that was when I went through my Matt and Kim phase um, one day. And I, and I tweeted that. And then Matt and Kim followed me on Twitter. So thanks, guys. That was really awesome. Made my, made, made, made my day. Um, but, I mean, yeah, other than that, I was, like, completely offline, which was um, amazing. And that's that – I, I genuinely highly recommend. And for that reason alone, I think a cruise is like a good vacation to go on because you're kind of forced to not having the internet. Whereas a lot of times if you go on vacation someplace else, like you kind of like – You can sit fully checking. You to- well, exactly. yeah. I mean at Disney, if you go to Disney, like you're in line so much that you do – Right. Tweeting, you do right? end up yeah. – You're oh, standing totally. right next to your you're, husband. And like, right. Like, and, and, oh, and this you're, is just like I'm at home. I'm right. No, totally. Whereas – yeah. or, or if you're in another country, like the you can get – like decently cheap data packages especially if you buy a sim card so you can still access the internet but like the cruise cost of internet is so expensive and so like not worth it <laughs> that it's just like yeah no not gonna do this 
Um, That's kind of cool. So yeah, I'm I mean, uh, I it's funny. Cause I mean, it does mean that you can't Instagram photos of your food. It which does, which was is a problem. The, I had to the take... only you know reason to go on vacation at all. Well, but... it's true. I mean, this is the problem. I have like not a lot of later grams. I like looked over and I was like, I didn't actually take that many photos, but that's okay because again, nice. I didn't leave <laughs> the ship. <laughs> It would just be like, here I am like lying the... by the pool. Yes, here so... I am lying in my room. <laughs> so I have to ask, like, do they have a gym? Like, yeah. Are you able to like... Oh, okay. yeah. They have okay. a really nice workout Uh-oh. facility. Really nice gym. Uh-oh. Do they have an arcade? Do they have an arcade? Oh, yeah. They have an arcade and, and, oh, and then no. there are restaurants and, and, and there are clubs. Right. I'm going to be pricing this for the rest of the show. The, no, uh, Rihanna, guys the, the cruise line is actually... It's called Norwegian, but underneath it has a little subtitle that says, Brianna Wu, we're waiting for you here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, although no, I got to say, we were docked at one point next to our Royal Caribbean ship and the Royal Caribbean looked way nicer. So I would really? actually probably like look mm. at the Royal Caribbean. All right. All right. We'll take a look. As long it. as they have arcades and gyms. Oh, no, they all do. Oh, arcades, gyms, drinks, and uh, usually, okay, fair, uh, one one thing, the, the DJ um, at the club was like the worst the Grant and I have ever heard. So that was uh, kind of a downer. but, but, but they had- Going to a club on a cruise ship sounds like the worst thing I've ever heard. Uh, go on. This, yeah. You're, you're, that you're not wrong, bad. but just the DJ, because Grant is really <laughs> into, in, 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 into music and-, and um, Is he EDM. in EDM? He is. He is. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh and so- God. So it, he was like complaining about his mixing. Like he's at one point he was like in like the club. I was like someplace else. And he's like telling me what the set list is. And he's telling me this is how he's mixing it. And he's doing it at this beat point. And I can't believe he mixed it this way. And then he's telling <laughs> me the set list. And, and, and I was joking. I was like, how deep is your love? And he was like, oh, my God. He just played that. I was like, of course he did. <gasps> oh, um, oh, my God. Because, and that oh, was like that the most modern. Painful. And that was like the only thing, like the only modern thing that he like played. Like the entire set, like everything else, like he went back, like and and it wasn't like going back, like throwback, like oh this is funny. This was like I'm literally right, right, like right. playing sh- hips don't lie without irony, which like <gasps> I'm sorry, but but there was this um uh, uh piano bar uh act on uh the, the the ship called um Howl at the Moon, and they were awesome. Basically, it was two people on pianos taking requests from the crowd and then playing songs. And then you've got to pay like you know pay money for requests, and like if you want to hear certain songs, you got to pay more money. And they were hilarious and were amazing and were so talented the the real legit piano like accompaniment there was like this alvin and emily they were some of the worst like lounge singers i've ever heard in my life but um <laughs> howl of the moon were amazing and we went to them a couple of nights and it was really fun and um there was a, a, a very uh, a very serviceable production of, of rock of ages i was actually very impressed i was like actually oh, this wow. was like good um like good like college community theater like quality community <laughs> theater level good like like i'm not gonna say it was maybe Broadway. a really good high school maybe like a high school musical good uh better actually i would say i would say like even like because i competed like at the state level in high school musicals and uh they, they were they were on par if not better and definitely had better production values than we did and and i choose and to take that as a, a, a slight at east high and troy bolton so well at, frankly, well i, I mean whatever zach efron whatever this is not very expensive at all no oh that's the thing rihanna get out of there <laughs> okay no sorry, you should do sorry, it sorry, it's so worth it it's we need to talk about tech we should talk about tech we should talk about tech thanks Christina, you once again cost me a ton of money. I know, I'm but sorry. Only, only I feel like that's all Christina and I do is that's like we, talk we, about we, cool things. And then Brianna yeah. buys them. How is Take the, advantage of how, how is the MacBook to try new things? It's great. It's great. Okay. <laughs> oh, how's the Assassin's Creed Syndicate brain? <laughs> it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Uh, you know what I did over this uh, break is uh, I always get so much work done without, um, I gave my entire office 
like the week and a half off over Christmas. And this is when I actually get a lot of work done because people aren't like knocking on my door every five seconds. Like, Brianna, I've got questions. Oh, this reporter wants to talk to you. Oh, you got to talk to this investor. So I'm actually had a week of quiet to sit down and actually get my game shipped. It was wonderful. I liked that really knocking great. effect just then. I, I think you should actually turn Rocket into a radio play. We should. We should. We can do <laughs> right. it. We can With do voices it. and everything. Yes. Yeah, what about you, Simone? What have you, what have you been doing? Oh You've been working. <laughs> yeah, you have a job. You don't get time off. No, I, I actually have gotten some time off. I did go, a go, lot go. of... Uh, the, the only thing I can think of right now that I did is... I actually found this really cool... I found my dad's baby book, basically, over break. <laughs> literally. Sounds really, that sounds like a horror movie. It, no, actually. it was actually yeah. really cool because they had literal, like, telegrams that people sent, like, when he was born in... Aww. Was it 1958? Aww. So, like, I held a Western Union telegram and I, like, saw how it was written and everything and that was really cool um and and then i learned that uh an uncle that i thought was dead is still alive that's awesome which was weird i'm still coping with that uh there's no <laughs> why did you think he was dead let, 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 there let's is yeah, dive into yeah. your psyche a little bit there's here i mean story. as much there's as you no want to share there is absolutely no reason because no one ever said he was dead i think i just kind of the the idea came into my head one day and i was like yeah he died and he died and then i was reading this letter from my grandmother about like getting photos for the family calendar and she's like uncle so-and-so hasn't sent any and i looked at my mom and i was like mom why is grandma talking about our uncle he he he, why why?" and she's like why not and i was like but but he's dead and she looked at me like what no no he's not dead why would you think that and i was like ah so i found out that he's still alive um uh, uh, i'm i'm still kind of adjusting my worldview. <laughs> i literally don't know why i thought he was dead there's no reason there's no reason and i hope that no one in my family on that side of the family listens to this podcast they all because do. like i don't think that they'll find it as funny as i find it i find it hilarious that i could go and this has been multiple years like this is not a new thing i i've just i assumed he was dead for years i don't know why there's no reason. Is he just like anyway. not close, like with, with your with your dad or your mom or whoever? Yeah, like he's kind of the black sheep of the family. But then so is my dad. So they're like neither of them have photos in the family calendar. I don't think my dad is dead. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's been a few hours since I talked to him, but who knows? Um, <laughs> that's so. so that's it's so it's literally just like a weird thing where I guess a few people on that side of the family died that I wasn't particularly close to, and I just kind of assumed that he was one of them. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> And that's why oh. I am the worst. Oh, if person. he listens to Rocket, it's going to be the most awkward. Oh, don't like, worry. Oh, yeah. he's never going to hear this <laughs> unless we send it to him on Facebook. Right? Unless Christina and I. Well, like, I don't think he even out. has a yeah. Facebook. <laughs> There's no way of contacting him. And the worst thing is that I mean, anyone who is in my family will know exactly who I'm talking about. There, there's only one person that this could be about. I'm so sorry. Uh, anyway, the baby book was was awesome. I love that. Love that baby book. Really cool. I love how you make it weird always. <laughs> always. Always. Oh. oh, Christina, you've cost me $4,000. Are you serious? Actually, no, I'm happy about this because yeah. I want you to go on a vacation. Yes, as you need to. You're going to have such anything. a good time. Yeah, no, this sounds great. You're Two going weeks. to be forced. We're going to do it after we ship. It's going to be great. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about tech. Yes. Yeah. All right. Christina, <laughs> lead us in to the main topic of the day. All right. So, uh, uh, is it pronounced Theranos? Theranos? 
I have no idea. I don't. Tyrannos. Tyrannos. Okay, so so no, don't don't listen. Tyrannos, right. <laughs> I think. Yeah, Tyrannos. All right, Tyrannos. so Tyrannos, they're a unicorn company. It's basically a, a, a blood testing company, and their whole thing is that you can just take a tiny little prick of um, blood from your finger and run it through tests that happen really quickly, rather than having to do vials and vials of blood tests. And it's supposed to change the world and, and be really great. And they installed um, blood testing machines in like WalMarts and certain CVSs and and other places. And um, it, it's this really, it's been this really hot kind of biotech company. It was founded in 2003 by um, a, a chick, Elizabeth Holmes, who uh, was a 19 year old dropout of Stanford. Um, so she drops out of Stanford and she's like, I've got this great idea for this, you know, biotech startup. It ends up raising a lot of money. Um, they're valued at $9 billion. She's on like every like 40 under 40 list or 35 under 35 list. You know, she's like on every like women in tech list and, and, and women in like startups, entrepreneurial list. Like they are like, you know, pretty much um, really, really uh, well respected and, and kind of hot company. There's a problem. <laughs> Turn- Understatement. A really yeah, big problem. A really big problem. Turns out uh, the science and the technology and everything that they've kind of been selling and that they've like used to have a $9 billion valuation and like uh, appropriate like approach to like file an IPO for is bull- at least that's how it looks. Um, it the in back in October, uh, John Cariori, uh, I'm saying that completely wrong. Sorry, John uh, from the Wall Street Journal um, had a blockbuster um, article called Hot Startup Theranos has, Theranos has Struggled with Its Blood Test Technology. And basically what it revealed was that, um, what, what his story revealed was that the company, um, which offers more than 240 different blood tests, basically what it showed was that um, at the end of 2014, Theranos did a small fraction of blood tests on its Edison machines, which is kind of, this is the technology that it sells and claims that it can do 240 different blood tests based on taking a prick of your finger. And um, basically said it only did... Um, 15 of those tests on those machines and that a lot of those tests came back like wrong. So basically most of the tests that they, you know, they're, they're selling this technology, selling the fact that they're, they've got this, this machine that can um, test blood in this really fast and efficient way that can change the world. And a, it turns out one, they're not even running most of the tests that they take through that machine, but the machine itself doesn't really seem to work. And that a lot of the tests that come back are wrong. And so and people have known about this for a long time. Um, and then on uh, earlier this week, Cariori, uh, uh, again, sorry, John, don't know how to say your last name. It's spelled in a really weird way. Cariru, um, I don't honestly know, um, basically wrote a more in-depth report at the Wall Street Journal basically talking about how as far back as 2008 when um before a meeting with the big swiss drug company elizabeth holmes and a colleague sat in a zurich hotel room um trying to test and get their machine to work and trying to get their the, the blood results to work and and it, they were getting the wrong results so as far back as 2008 it's been very clear that the technology that they've been selling hasn't really been there and now, um i feel i feel like i have to i have to interject something yes. here like this is according to former employees yeah and i think that's a really important oh, imp- point to say yes. here um because as someone that when you fire people or they leave they rarely have great things to say i could just say that running a <laughs> yeah startup. no I'll, I'll, so, although although yeah absolutely yeah, i mean so right. we, we don't know how true or not true this is the, the problem is is that um it 
right now there's an actual and an official FDC and uh, 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 FDA, um, yeah. an FDA um, kind of investigation into this, um, rather FDA uh, investigation into this, right. into their machines. The problem I think that's even bigger than this is The Verge reported um, today is that um, – they um, – no federal officials have basically checked it for accuracy. So basically mm-hmm. for years these machines have been kind of out in the wild and no one has been bothering to check if they've been work or not. So the question is not, you know, whether – the, the scene in the hotel room may or may not have happened, but it doesn't matter. But the machines are definitely have not been tested by the FDA and – so what I understand is... Well, the is- FDA did come, and that's what the Wall Street Journal they oh, went okay. into. Yeah. They're talking about how they had two labs. One of them they were calling Jurassic Park because well, allegedly well. like everything in yep. there was about to be antiquated by the other lab. The FDA came. They did their their reports. They tested everything working, and, and they did find that those machines worked, even though they were kind of kept out of this other lab. But the the really the really bombshell accusations in this, and you know, I should say, I feel like even though I don't have firsthand um, deep knowledge of you know the pharmaceutical and biotech industry, my husband you know has a PhD in bacterial genetics and writes patents for all these same kind of um, these the same kind of technology, right? Like he's he's worked for big pharma. Right now he works for a startup, you know. Um, and and the bombshell here were the accusations that they falsified mm-hmm. their data. Yeah. Now that is that is amazingly serious, um, an amazingly serious accusation. And that means the the data that they sent back to patients about the results of the tests? Uh, it means, or... you know, uh, the bottom line is the FDA is going to have to get involved with this yes. and really start Wee. looking at this. I, I do want to say, though, because I read this, the article, the Wall Street Journal article, um, you know, probably four or five times. Yeah. And I think there is a lot to pick apart here. Um, one of the things, there were three things that really bothered me about the article. The first one was kind of, you know, making fun of the founder, Elizabeth, for kind of, you know, walking into venture capital meetings and kind of being this person without a degree that that talks super fast and, you know, kind of had a big picture, but didn't really um, have firsthand knowledge of the science. Um, I have to say, to me, that is not something that seemed like a fair critique of her in that Wall Street I, Journal I, piece. I, I, yeah. I would agree with that, with the yeah. with the caveat that I do think that it's different when you're talking about biotech versus maybe some other things. I think sure. that, honestly, I, I do genuinely feel like there's a difference when you can even talk about, because I was having this conversation with Ed Zitron and, and, and Glenn Fleischman mm-hmm. right after the article came out, and we were kind of all yeah. kind of agreeing that we think that we could probably see a, a similar scenario kind of um, hitting the self-driving car space in a couple of years. Sure. Right? And I mean, in, yeah. and we even talked about this the last show I was on with George Hotz, you know, the fact that he's developing this sort of technology and, and he, you know, to his credit, doesn't really have maybe a degree in those in the sort of AI stuff, but it seems like he's built a working prototype. With the one exception I would say here is that, I mean, she's very well connected and, and obviously a very, very smart person. But sure. I do think that it's worth critiquing how does a 19-year-old, um, you know, who doesn't have a degree um, start to gain people's favor just by simply having an idea in something like this, you know, that, that, that I would think that would, would require when we're talking about, you know, blood testing and, 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 and medicine, a little more oversight than, you know, um, uh, softer sciences. Yeah. If we're talking about, I, I mean, yeah. presenting to venture capitalists, I, I do think that there, there is some responsibility 
on the part of the people who are investing this money to look into what they're investing in, especially when it comes to people's health and medicine and very personal things like this that really impact people's lives. Um, and on, but, but you on, hire scientists to, to get that. And sure. Yeah, yeah is, like it doesn't I mean, matter I that she doesn't out. have a degree. To no, sure. that, like, that doesn't but, matter. But the, the critique of it that didn't seem fair to me is I hang out with a lot of founders. I do. And all of them are people very similar to me, kind of aggressive people that kind of see, you know, problems from 10,000 feet in the air that do talk fast. They're filled with energy that kind of sure. steamroll kind of over smaller. Well to venture well, that, that, yeah, it's, it's just a certain personality type. It's like, mm-hmm. if you go to a college, you are going to find a certain kind of person, this kind of bookish and maybe wouldn't function super well in the real world and likes to babble and, you know, like that, yeah. that professor archetype. If you hang out with the venture capital scene and the founder scene, you're going to find this type. And to me, it felt a little bit sexist to be critiquing her for a very, very common personality type that you find in this field, where I think you make movies like celebrating you know, Mark mm-hmm. Zuckerberg having this exact same trait. That that part yeah. of it didn't I, really I, feel I totally fair agree to with that. I don't disagree yeah. with that. I do think, and, and I definitely felt like there might have been some sexist or even some gendered things in the article. Although, to be fair, I do think that any of the, the criticisms that the company is now facing would befall any founder, male or female. I think yeah, whether, I whether, whether her yes. name is Elizabeth or <laughs> Ellis. Banking data, yeah. At this yeah, point, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. Yeah. But but I think you're right. There's right. certainly some of that there. And I do think that critiquing maybe her, her approach in that case is different. Although, let's be clear. I mean, like, it's it's interesting to me that Tim Draper, who I'm not a huge fan of, but I mean, you know, he gave her a million dollars. It's interesting sure. how somebody could get a million dollars. I And I, I respect somebody having a big picture idea and saying, I see 10 steps ahead of this and I can get the experts on board but to give somebody a million dollars and say put this together when you don't have any when you're not showing any real understanding of the space and you don't have experts already working with you that's ballsy to even ask for that and i'm not going to say whether that's good or i'm not going to i'm not going to criticize somebody for getting that money i just think that's a ballsy move to make and and, i think getting the money in the first place is very impressive to me the uh the lying or misleading and the lack of you know follow-through is is less impressive well, I I don't. I mean, we only have allegations of lying yeah, yeah, so far. Enough, yeah. So to be to be clear, um, yeah, you know. But I mean, the 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 substance of what she what her company is being critiqued on here is extremely serious. Here. Yes, like you have blood testing technology here. You know, they're they're trying to get through. They're trying to guarantee that it works. And you know, there are certainly some legit questions here. If that if this is is something that that works and you know i i just it's you know fda approval is so expensive i think people outside of the biotech industry do not understand the lawyering and the human trials and especially with medical devices i think you just don't really understand how much money is involved in fact with the iphone apps like we talk a lot about ios Something that threatens a lot of iOS makers if, you know, they do anything health related is having to go through FDA approval because there's just Mm -hmm. no way almost anyone can afford it here. So, um, you know, her company, I looked at the valuation, the real reasons behind it. Nine billion does not seem unreasonable to me, but you know, she's got to go through and her company has got to address this with the FDA or it's just over. 
I mean, there are a lot of really yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the question. Like, can you bounce back from something like this with right. so much, so many people behind you uh, who are invested in this? Well, yeah. I mean, you absolutely can. You you show that your machines work, and you show that you haven't falsified your information, and you you open up things. And I mean, which honestly, they should have done uh, three months ago. The fact that they haven't yeah. yet is, to me, the most problematic part of the entire thing. Is, is, yeah. that, is that these, you know, the, this out, this report came out in October. It's now almost January, and we haven't seen anything um, mm-hmm. from them really addressing these claims other than just some lip service stuff where they've very clearly been, like, in, like, um, you know, damage control mode. That's a problem. If, if I were an investor, I would be really worried by the fact that their response was not to say, let's seriously open everything up and show you everything that we can, you know, without, mm-hmm. you know, infringing on some of our IP and other stuff. Or even at that point, though, I would be like, look, competitive advantage stuff be damned. Our company's future is on the line here. Yeah. Um, so the fact that they haven't done that is like, wow, that's kind of problematic. Yeah. Well, I think it's the most damning, um, you know, thing in these interviews. You know, the, the allegations came up from former employees. To me, that is not surprising, right? And when you yeah. have a company worth $9 billion, sure. it's not surprising that that's being looked over. What I really agree with you is very problematic, Christina, is you can read that Wall Street Journal piece and you can read... Um, you know, the founder choosing to say nothing and her spokeswoman addressing it and, and not doing it in a way that felt either honest or forthright to me. Um, mm-hmm. It seemed very evasive. It seemed very Weasley. It seemed with every single reasonable concern that, you know, the Wall Street Journal was bringing up. I, I didn't feel like there was a, a satisfactory response to no, that. I mean, and was it, that your impression it, as well? That's ex- Honestly, that's why I've been kind of like, a, been almost believing that this is BS, even even though we don't right. have proof of that, because they haven't responded in a way to the allegations that have made me think that there's anything other than truth in some of this. Because the way they've been acting, it reminds me the same way every other scam company ends up coming down, which is like, you know, an Enron, if you will. I was really obsessed with the Enron scenario, um, <laughs> a, a, you know, a decade ago. I was obsessed with that stuff. I was obsessed with it and um and it reminds me of that in a lot of ways and i'm like wow you know like when when people when when stuff seems to be too good to be true and and it's proven um usually what happens is you see people kind of doing the weasel word stuff and they're just they're not talking um about they're they're not addressing it in a way that you would if you didn't have anything to hide um and Mm -hmm. and instead if we don't talk about it maybe it'll go away you know and and then also when you look more into the company and you look into the original report Granted, you you have to take former employee remarks from with a grain of salt, but it seems like a lot of these people had said things in emails and really almost are coming through almost from a whistleblower sort of standpoint. Again, this reminds me of Enron, where there were people at the company beforehand who said something's not seeming right, and when they tried to go forward to managers, when they tried to say something, they were shut down, and that's always a really scary sign when you when regardless of of what people's you know motivations are, when you have a number of former employees who are saying, I didn't feel comfortable speaking up. That's a really bad sign. Well, and that's the way this article ended, where, you know, in the most damning piece of the article, like talking about former employees trying to come forward, was where, you know, one of the people involved with actually collating data, someone on the research side, comes forward you know, they're writing the founder directly saying, I'm very concerned. This data seems to be falsified. Then it gets punted over to this other person who ends up 
threatening the person saying yep. that. <laughs> um, you know, now I, I think just for legal reasons, it's important to say like, you know, this is not a court of law, right? Of like it's it's an allegation at this point. But if that is true, and I have to assume the Wall Street Journal saw those emails, that is it. It it, it really fundamentally shakes your your faith in the honesty of this company and their ability. It, it puts all of their data into question if that is accurate. Yeah, no, and I mean, I think that the fact that they've now done all these tests, that they've been in these stores, that they've been in these places is really scary. What's scary to me is the fact that they could get this far with their stuff not being tested and not being looked at. And mm-hmm. and I and I want to ask you guys, you know, we talk a lot about disruption and we talk a lot about kind of the, the, the usually from kind of a, I think, um, the good things that can happen when industries are disrupted. But this is almost a case where I almost wonder if like, if this is almost a sign where it shows, even though obviously we need a lot of disruption in the biotech uh, space. And, and, and I think that, that what uh, this company is trying to do, um, I agree with you, Brie. I don't feel like the valuation is, is outsized. I feel like if they could actually do what they're saying that they're doing, it would be, if anything, undervalued because you look at what some of what big pharma alone would, would be able to kind of do with this sort of stuff is, is huge. Um, but insurance companies, I mean, there, there's so many, like, 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 there's so many opportunities for this um, in, in, in so many different industries. But um, I wonder if this kind of shows that for certain things, like, we really do need to kind of take a step back and show that as, as important as it is to disrupt things, um, there's also kind of a, a, a case to be made for having stuff checked out before you let stuff enter Walgreens. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, yeah. oh, sorry, go ahead. No, nah, well, I mean, yeah. it, it, I totally, totally agree. It's so tricky because the, the same system that may not value or want disruption does exist to make sure that, you know, people are safe and actually are getting their blood tested and not, you know, returning false results. So it, it's, it's kind of a, a catch 22 for me. Like, yeah, we need that disruption. But in cases like this, it just becomes so tricky and unfortunate. I, I I think I would say this, and you know, I do know a lot of people in the biotech space. Biotech is very different than the wider tech industry. Um, yeah, you know, there are there are generally speaking two kinds of engineers. You know, they're stables and they're disruptives. Um, stables are engineers that come forward, they write really clean code, they move very slowly, they write very iteratively. Disruptive, disruptive engineers would be more like me. We love to go forward, throw together a feature, figure it out as we're going, and it ends up being buggy and there ends up being problems. And like getting those two teams together is how you make progress. What I see in the pharmaceutical industry, particularly companies that are based in Europe, is, you know, I think like sometimes if you're American, you don't appreciate just how much more hierarchical and less um, gung-ho the the management culture is in Europe. And, you know, it has advantages and disadvantages. You know, there's a reason why big pharma and, you know, big biotech kind of wasn't putting these kinds of ideas forward. So, like, when a woman goes forward and assembles a bunch of money and has a really big idea and is kind of steamrolling over problems, I, I think that it is a personality type and an approach that you don't really see in biotech that much because like mm-hmm. you said, Christina, there are lives on the line. So, And it's one that we I'm, need, frankly, right. which it makes yeah. this all the more unfortunate. Yeah, 
Yeah, they just, it's, they need to address these allegations head on. And what they're doing now isn't working. No, and, it's not. Know, and, and, yeah. and, and more more stuff is going to come out. You know, I mean, that's, yep. that's the interesting thing is that as every single article comes out, we see other reports from other people close to the situation who are revealing things to other places. And, and it's, yo, I mean, this is going to have to have an investigation. And, and unfortunately, I mean, look, we don't know how this is going to turn out. I genuinely hope it turns out for the best because honestly, as a woman, I don't want to have one of our like really like most visible people in entrepreneurship and, and in tech and in other things. I don't want this to be a fraud just for that sake. You know what I mean? Like selfishly, mm-hmm. I just yeah. don't want that to be the case. But if I'm going with my spidey sense right now, I'm just saying this feels a whole lot like Enron. Yeah. I have to mm-hmm. agree with that. All right. This episode of rocket is brought to you by Squarespace, where you can start building your website today at <laughs> squarespace.com. Today. It's kind of late right now. You might not, you might want to wait, you know, a couple days, think about it a bit, but having me here, you build do, a new website for 2016. Yeah. Commit. <laughs> commit to building a website in 2016 and enter offer code rocket at checkout to get 10% off. Yeah. I think that that's a good plan. Uh, when it comes to giving yourself a place online to be, Squarespace is the space to do just that. That That's definitely their, their new um, slogan. Yeah, that was poetic <laughs> and beautiful. Very good. <laughs> Squarespace, it's the space. Oh my god. <laughs> No, Squarespace is seriously awesome. They have really like clean, easy to use tools to build a website. If you aren't interested in coding, they have like multiple ways to make building the website easy for you. You can use templates. You they can they have um cover pages basically so you can build yourself a nice one-page website to just show off whatever it is that you personally want to display as part of your online presence. They also have more complex tools that you can use, fiddle with and make something more I don't know. I don't know what you want to do. What is it that you want from this website? You can do whatever you want. That's the whole <laughs> point of Squarespace. It doesn't hurt. Um, and you don't have to worry about things like hosting it or scaling it. And they have tons of resources to help you out if you get stuck along the way, both printed and people that you can talk to. And in the end, you'll come out with a professionally designed, wonderful website that you can then show off to people and I don't know, get your grandma to beta test it for you. That'll be a fun time for y'all. All y'all. Um, did yeah. you say y'all? I did say y'all. You are not. You have no subtle Hey, no, you, you no, can't you blame y'all. Christina y'all is a thing now. It's no, you everyone. can't. I, look, no. I don't say it, and I'm no. from the South, born and raised, and yeah, I don't say it. That's cultural appropriation. It is cultural appropriation. It is. Yeah, and and frankly, whatever. Seriously. Whatever. Whatever, Very y'all. Offensive. We're, this Very is offensive. the last episode of Rocket, then. I refuse to give up y'all. In fact, I'm gonna make a Squarespace website to like promote the use of y'all. Y'all, among all <laughs> oh my god! You, oh my god! So, somebody, quick check cover right now. Y'allforall.com. Somebody see y'all <laughs> available. Oh no! I'm gonna look it up. Y'all for all.com. I don't even want to know the Getty images that you oh, will. You it's will available. Get. It's available. We're gonna take it. All right. All right. <laughs> Someone, please buy this domain. Please make this website. Y'all um, for all. I, I'm I'm a very busy person. I don't have time personally to spearhead this campaign for justice, but I will always be an ally to the all for y- the y'all for all cause. Um, so please do that. <laughs> and it, yeah, so if you sign up for a year, you get a free domain name, which is what you should do with y'allforall.com. Um, and Squarespace plans start at just eight dollars a month. So please, please. You can start a free trial today, no credit card, no credit card required, and start building y'allforall.com. 
uh, at squarespace.com and then use offer code rocket at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for us. And most importantly, show your support for the all for all cause. Because I don't think that we should be just because I'm born, born and raised in Washington does not mean mm. that I can't use the word. It is a very mm. useful contraction, Christina. It's, it's not a real contraction. You're not a real contraction. <laughs> of of yeah. so it's terrible. It's grammatically awful, yeah. and I hate yes. it. Yeah, I do. Wow. Too. I no. do too. There's a reason. Christina okay, I, I, I appreciate your culture us. more than you do. <laughs> I mean, if you had grown up in the seriously, south, seriously, if you'd you grown up and listening to opinion. y'all, I just don't know y'all. I just don't know. No. Like if you'd been having to listen to some right. Britney Spears crap. Um, right. I have a friend from Alabama, and I'm going to ask her <laughs> oh about this. Oh, my God. Is that, oh, right did, did you really just say I have a friend from Alabama? Is yes. It, did, oh, my God. <laughs> yes. The appropriation continues. Wow. No, we, we are genuine friends. She she loves to... She's your southern uh, friend, right? She's your southern right? fried... She's yeah. your southern Share fried her culture friend. with me. She's your right? southern fried belle. Oh, my God. Uh, can I tell you about the, about the dumbest tweet I saw yesterday? Yes. I was on Twitter and someone was tweeting that, look, you can't, they said, like, if you learn a language and that language isn't part of your culture, then that's cultural appropriation. <laughs> oh, my God. This is like the, this is like the I'm sorry. My roommate oh my God, just texted me and said, y'all is for oh everyone. <laughs> Well, tell him to buy the Squarespace page yeah. and sign up using our, our our offer code. No, that's that's so funny. Brie reminds me of there was this article from Oberlin College where they're all upset about the the cultural appropriation in the um the cafeteria because apparently the 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 bon mi sandwich is is which is itself you know like the colonialist like kind of created it was kind of a terrible bastardization of a sandwich to begin with apparently because it used ciabatta and not like um uh like uh, the, the right kind of bread and other things like that it's cultural appropriation so you have these kids who are going to these schools that cost like 50 grand a year who are like yelling at the 12 dollar an hour um uh you know cafeteria <laughs> staff for appropriating their culture and not having good enough sushi oh, it's not the staff's oh, fault it's not the staff's fault i agree oh, so it's it's, it's a little, little rich bastards who are complaining i'm like they're the ones who i'm mad at like and it's not cultural appropriation to have bad school at the calf like bad food at the calf like that's kind of what college is about that's why those of us who were smart did not have a meal plan we just ate at subway like civilized people i have word back from elizabeth lester born and raised in alabama she says i love it aggressive <laughs> southernness so there you have it <sighs> fine whatever she may in the end, kill me for using that word, but no, she I, won't. We'll, we'll I have think a it'll be a worthy talk. death. I think it's. We'll have a longer talk. We'll that's how I wanted will. to die. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she also says All why. Right. I'll answer her later. Anyway, so moving on. Uh, Twitter recently hired a new director or head of diversity, and his name is Jeffrey Simonoff. And I will be perfectly honest with you. I spent m- longer than I wanted to reading his name is Smirnoff. I only just <laughs> today began reading it correctly and that is my bad that's fine um so that's really the real issue here that we're going to talk about tonight is why does his name look so much like smirnoff and why is he is he russian is well well i mean but honestly you want to drink smirnoff no you don't come on no i come on you're right you're right i mean if if you're you're gonna have vodka like no i was being facetious i know you were i'm just saying let's not even joke about anybody drinking smirnoff that's just sad no no, it's not funny at all anyway so okay so this is this is a tricky top 
big, I think, because I don't want to point fingers at, like, Jeffrey Simonoff himself and be like, why are you the head of diversity because you're a white man at Twitter? Um, But I think it is fair to kind of look at what Twitter has done in hiring a white man as head of diversity. And he does, he was, he did work at Apple as, um, he was the former director worldwide of diversity and inclusion. Um, take, I, he did, as far as I understand, make progress in that area because there were more women and people of color hired during that time. On the other hand, Apple is still not a bastion of diversity that we're going to hold up here because we all know that there are some very real problems there. And I think ultimately I kind of want to get at what our why why do we i think continue to give chances at improving things like diversity on twitter diversity within twitter which is a really really big important issue um handing that problem to a white man i think deprives anyone else of earning the qualifications for that job and it also ignores people who are people of color who already have qualifications for that job and it also I think it conflates different types of diversity together in many ways, um, which is a roundabout way of saying, you know, just because I am white and bisexual does not mean that I would feel qualified to speak about race at any point in any position of power. Um, So, yes, I wanted to get, I guess, your guys's opinions on Um. this. Well, I, I, I want to take a step back and say, can we talk for a minute and just educate people about what this position actually entails? Because, that is another you know, question in, I had, in, actually. In the, well, in the course of this year, I've talked to a lot of people that have this exact job at a lot of different companies. And I think people don't understand just how political this job is. Like, if you were... Look, Twitter is like a giant, giant aircraft carrier, like going through the sea, okay? You don't just push a button and it like turns 90 degrees. Like you can kind of tweak it to go one way. These positions are political positions because they have to go get funding for things. They have to like communicate with like um, you know, recruiters. They have to you know, work with HR to kind of make sure... Uh, Things are being heard. So this is an extraordinarily political position. So I think that this is, I think, more than like what race or gender or anything you are. It's worth saying this guy is gay. You know, he's openly gay. And, you know, more than that, I think looking at the track record, and he certainly does seem to have a track record of success at Apple. For me, you know, the biggest question is like, is this person going to be able to bring about change? That is my number one question here. So I have to say, um, Simone, I agree with you as a white person. I don't feel um, it's my position to tell anyone black how they should feel about anything like this. But I can say as a woman, um, even though I certainly don't feel that a gay man um, represents my needs. In fact, sometimes I feel like we're kind of at cross purposes. Um, you know, I feel like we're kind of in the same club together, if that makes sense to you, right? Yeah, like we're, yeah. we're, we're, there's, there's a commonality of experience there. So for me personally, I don't have any issue with this. 
but I wouldn't be I, I don't think it's wrong if someone else does. Does that make sense to you? Totally. Yes. And yeah. I, I and that's kind of how I feel. I under if he can do the job well, which I mean obviously I think is the important thing, then then the fact that he's a man, gay or otherwise, I, I think is irrelevant. I think the problem is is as you said, Bree, this is a political position and, and there's a lot of politics involved and the optics of his appointment, no matter how qualified he might be, um and, and, and as you said, you know, it looks like his track record at Apple is really good and, and he seems to come like very well respected and, and, and seems, you know, like 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 he's a, a good candidate. Putting all that aside, the optics aren't great. Yeah. It's like I have nothing against him as a person. I don't want to in any way slander, like, the the fact that he is, you know, stepping up to do this job. However, it does does send a message when in a company that has what I think the um the Verge article by Mark S. Lucky said three percent of Twitter's employees are black or Latino. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're it does send worst. a message. Well, it, well and it's one of those things where it's worth noting that, you know, all tech companies suffer with diversity. All of them do. Mm-hmm. Um but uh Twitter has had one of the worst records with yep. diversity, frankly. They they really have. And and why that's been the case is actually really worth looking at. And you know, he did make improvements um at, at Apple, although I think a lot of the, the credit there could also be given to um uh denise i can't think of her middle name young who is who's their head of talent now who's really made that a lot of her mm-hmm. mission too so um i definitely feel like um it, it's it's notable like like mark lucky who had worked at 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 um at twitter kind of noted you know him kind of telling his own kind of uh, experiences of being inside Twitter and, and kind of dealing with their senses of diversity, I think was really interesting to kind of see that. And I also think just looking at their numbers, it's worth noting that they have some of the worst records when it comes to, you know, um, non-white employees um, as yeah. compared to other places. We didn't cover this on the show, but yeah, you know, Twitter's, um, what was he, the the lead uh, black engineer, like the only black engineering manager at Twitter, um, quit yeah, and very specifically turned down a severance package to write one of the most damning, horrific um, first-person articles about his experience there, where he was talked over, he was belittled. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, a real horror story he told about, um, you know, this this white engineering dude that was trying to solve a diversity problem with a technical solution, which uh. I have to say, like, I, I have so many engineer friends, it's the first thing they Aww. think of, um, <laughs> you know, and it was it was very, very damning. So Christina, um, you know, it's, it's important to note that was one person's, like, statement on that, but you can combine that with the numbers and, you know, also you know, Twitter's track record on like responding to harassment of, yeah. of minorities. And I think it's very fair and accurate to say they have one of the worst records in the tech industry on this. So mm-hmm. I I agree with you. The optics of it are particularly poor. And you, you almost want to wonder why, you know, there are ways they could have hired this person and announced another hire at the same time, right? Like, you know, they, there were ways they could have worked around this, right? Mm-hmm. Like, here's the team that we're hiring. So, I don't know. It's um, It, it certainly doesn't look great for them. Yeah, one of the things that um, Lucky pointed out in his write-up on The Verge was that Twitter had promised to start visiting and recruiting at um, all black colleges. And that's not something that they have, not a promise they've yet fulfilled, um which like 
I mean, even if that's just a token gesture, like there are still things that they could do meaningfully to make sure that we're not just addressing, like we're not addressing each minority in like this little box where it's like, now we're going to address people with different sexual, people who are not heterosexual and they will be represented here because it's both like it, it kind of equates all these different kinds of minorities and then erases people who fit into multiple boxes. Like, I mean, my, I'm definitely not just defined by my whiteness or my bisexuality. There are a billion other factors that go into making me the privileged person that I am. Um, so I, yeah, it just, and that's why I feel kind of uncomfortable talking about the fact that he's gay and I don't really want to talk about it. I don't want to suggest that we've achieved any parody there at all. In some ways, Lucky was right. He pointed out that, um, at Twitter specifically, they've made a lot more progress on that front than on the race front. Uh, it does also just suck to kind of treat those different things like they're they're each their own separate issue, um, which they definitely are. Like each each of those experiences is a very different experience. And um, but yes, yeah, That's I don't want to intersectional yeah. feminism. Yes, well. thank you, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for stopping yeah. me there. I really liked yeah. uh, the the piece on on the verge that Lucky wrote. It felt really really balanced and fair. I think addressing this issue. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I want to see what gets done. Uh, yeah. Twitter has a lot of work to do. <laughs> They have a lot of work just to one do. problem among yep. many for Twitter. Yeah, oh, a platform that I love and use daily. Can, well, that's one more problem. thing. Yeah, on please that. go on. Um, I, I think it's it is worth saying that you know Jack Jack Dorsey is someone that you know I I I, I I'm very I, I'm still trying to withhold judgment on the job he's doing as, as CEO, but when it comes to you know, uh, talking about black issues, like I think it's worth saying he did have DeRay over to Twitter very recently. You can look at his Twitter timeline. He talks about Black Lives Matters a lot. I mean, he he's someone that, at least in his public presence, seems genuinely committed to it. And when I read the things that he says and talks about, he seems to genuinely at least have the intention of doing better. And, you know, DeRay talked about, you know, DeRay, if you don't know it, he's one of the, the probably the leader of Black Lives Matter. You know, he he seemed to say he had a good impression of that meeting. So, um, you know, sometimes I think it's worth kind of giving people the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, in my conversations with Twitter about the harassment, like we blast Twitter all day, but I sure know a lot of people that work there that really care about this issue, that really want to do better and, you know, are very willing to talk to me and other feminist leaders on this subject. So, you know, I, at the end of the day, I do have faith that Twitter has good intentions here and it's going to get better. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's... at the same time, of course, I totally understand and validate that this seems like a choice that they made that was the safest choice in hiring. Well, I I don't know who else they had on deck, yeah, you know. So um, it's certainly it, it certainly looks bad. So tone deaf, I think. Tone deaf would be a good word we can yeah. use to describe it. Let's talk about Star Wars. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So are we going to do full spoilers here? Are we going to do full spoilers? Are, uh, good question. Good question. You know um, what? I think it's been. It'll be what? It'll be two weeks by when this goes two, up. Three, three weeks. Yeah. No, it's not three. It's like two. I think. 
Yeah. I'm fine with that. I mean, I'm I think, I, I think honestly, I think that we can be spoiled. I mean, I'm just... Yeah. I, I've started full spoilers on my Tumblr, on my Twitter. I'm... Uh, but can we talk about first, I guess, how the internet has been so good? Like... Even that day that it came out, I didn't see a single spoiler. And oh, I know. Up to the day that I saw it, uh, which was last Wednesday, not a, people were so so good, and I'm so proud of the internet for just at I, 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 being I, that, good. That's because I was off the internet for the entire period. Okay, now. well, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I wouldn't have spoiled anything. Take no, it but you're from right. Me who was there? Uh, that was not my experience. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, were you no. Scary? I'm How Gamer are you Gate tweeting me and all the other major feminists and Scalzi with accounts dedicated to spoiling it for us. I have to say, oh, it didn't really fun. affect my enjoyment no. of the film at all. But, well, I mean, yeah. and the thing is, is that I mean, yeah, look, there, there's some big spoilers, you know, but like. Yeah, exactly. But you kind of Those knew where people this... are the scum of the earth. They are the scum of the earth, but you knew where this you knew where this was going. Yep. Where, like, what I, do you mean by that? I mean, I think like as soon as you get into the movie, you knew that something was gonna. I mean, bro, I, oh, yeah. I, I started realizing this when once I started calculating how much screen time Han had, I was like, ooh, ooh, <laughs> he's in this a lot. Like he's he's been on oh, screen more than like a anybody. Block in your mind, right? Well, kind of, well, yeah, because I was like, I was like, again, sorry, Stephen, you're gonna bleed me so much this podcast. I feel so wow. bad. Um, wow, I know. No, it'd be like, oh, you know, he has been on screen a lot and i'm like wow um is he the star of this movie because like what's happening like like like, like harrison is like on screen like a ton like like harrison ford had way more screen time than 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 poe did right like Mm -hmm. he really did like like han did so i was just kind of like i was kind of expecting yeah yeah so here's my my unfortunate theory which is that i mean we had we we knew that we know that Han Solo was supposed to die in the original trilogy in the third yeah. film. Harrison Ford really wanted that to happen. I don't think that Poe Dameron is going to survive this trilogy. I think they're going to. I don't either. Do what oh they, no, 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 no! What I they did, didn't do to Han, and they're going to. Oh, knock totally. That guy out. Oh, I think he'll be dead by the end of it. I mean, I, I think most of them will be dead by the end of it. I mean, uh, you know. Oh no! No, 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 really no not, not, not my Ray. No, not my Ray. Of course, Ray is never going to die. Ray is perfect. No. No. Ray, Ray, Ray's gonna create a whole new master. Like, like she's, more more Jedi's are gonna be like coming in her wake. She's if perfect. someone writes that, the script will literally rewrite itself so that she lives. That's of how course powerful she is. That is how yeah. powerful she is. Well, I mean, did you see so, how she how she and um and 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 uh, um um what's his face uh, force like that was the hottest part of the whole movie. I know. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> no. 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 What if they're related, Christina? You know you can't trust anyone's chemistry in the first. Oh, I know. Film of a Star it doesn't Wars matter. Trilogy. They still. And I'm sorry, Stephen. You've ha- you're gonna have to believe this a lot because there's no other way for me to say this. Because uh, am I right, Bree? They totally for. No, it was totally. I mean, Kylo and and, and Ray totally. Yeah, like, I'm 100 sure there is a better way that you girls. could phrase that, but you know, I'll let it slide. <laughs> is so there? Can though? we just like leap three? They force negated. Oh my god, how are you oh, not getting that? Oh, oh, somebody <laughs> buy that Squarespace site. No, um, can we just say I love this movie? Oh, I love it so I much. I love this movie so much. JJ's the man. I've spent so much time defending the prequels, and after. Watching this movie, I'm just Why? like, I'm done. Why? I'm never defending <laughs> him again. This, is, this is a good movie. I was wrong. I shouldn't. You can make a good Star Wars movie. I I was wrong. I and, was so happy. Oh, I've oh, never so been good. So, happy. so good. I've seen it three times at this point. It just keeps getting better. 
and, and I, 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 I've only seen it once. I want to see it again. But no, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was really, really just a good movie. People who are criticizing saying is, oh, it's just basically recreating the first film again. Well, yeah, but I mean, in an awesome way. Like this, to I, me, I, achieves everything that, that all three prequels like did not achieve. Like yes, in, but by, by the first yeah. act, by the end of the first act, I was like. Holy crap. I mean, even coming down to like, I mean, BB-8 is so great. Like, is, oh, is truly yeah. just like an amazing character. So Pixar-like. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, thank you, Disney, for giving us. Well, you know he's played by Bill Hader, too. So, like, who did the voice and all of that. That's so, so perfect. It really comes Seriously? through in his actions, oh too. Yeah, yeah. I didn't absolutely. know that. That's amazing. And, and now, like, yeah. it makes, makes, the, 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 makes him seem that much better. But no, I mean, it was just, it was a good mm-hmm. movie. And Ray is such a badass. Oh, I love her. I yeah. There's a scene where she's like curled up in the 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 yeah you know, the ATAT that curled over. And yeah. It's like her home, and she's wearing like the 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 Star Wars fighter helmet. And I thought it was such a metaphor for Ray's journey in this being like a metaphor for the forgotten female fan base of Star Wars that's been <laughs> neglected for the last six movies. Can we talk about because the f- like yes. Yes. Go ahead. Go oh, ahead. I was yeah. just going to say, and then of course, what do they do? But the first round of action figures and toys don't have her in the playset. Oh, oh my God. What the hell, Target? What the freaking frack? I mean, and, oh, and that was clearly, Disney, clearly Disney has like heard like our cry and is, is, is like on the, the mend, but still, like, are you serious? Like, the, the, the big one for me is sense. to ship a Millennium Falcon without the pilot. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. come on. It's, it's just complete nonsense because, I mean, you. Okay, you can make the argument that yeah, no one, no one knows like that she would have that bigger role maybe going into it. But you come out of the movie and immediately you're like, okay, where's my reaction figure? Exactly. Right. Where is it? Right. You're not gonna be looking at, and buying those things without seeing the movie wherein she is the incredible main character and yes. perfect in every way and, and we amazing. Love her. We love her, and she and, and you know what's great about her is that like I always felt bad for Natalie Portman in the prequels because Natalie Portman is such an amazing actress, right? Like she's so freaking mm-hmm. amazing. She I love her. Black Swan, yeah. amazing. Anyway, uh, she's so, so good. good in everything that she does. She's she's just a badass. But she was so hobbled with those terrible scripts mm-hmm. that she had this kind of thankless, terrible role. And I can't help but think like what like this is the role that Natalie Portman should have been able to play. Oh my god, I can't imagine being Natalie Portman and watching this film and being like, it should have been me. She has an Oscar and, and, and a baby That's and a pretty true. husband and a great career. I think she's he fine. He's a ballerina. He Please, is a ballerina. Christina, mm. I have to say, I don't know if she could have done it. I agree. Well, why. I don't know I've, if she could have done it as well. Movie, I don't know if she could have done I've it as seen well. I've this movie three times at this mm-hmm. point. And what you pick up with Ray when you watch it again is, yeah, she's a badass. Yeah, you think about her with, like, the bow and being awesome and, like, being able to hold her own, like, with the lightsaber fight. But what you pick up with her in subsequent watchings is how much of a geek she is. When, like, she's pulling circuits out of the Millennium Falcon, she she holds up the circuit, she's like, I did it! I ba- bypassed this! And she's yes, got, like, she's the so most good. geeky Daisy look on Ridley's her face. Energy she's a nerd. She's so... Yeah. Like, oh, she's shining and effervescent Wonderful. What what I mean more is I don't think Natalie Portman like would have been like maybe perfect for the role. I'm just saying like I kind of would have wanted it. But she would have wanted it. She could have made it work. Uh, What I'm saying is that's the sort of role she deserved. Yeah. Like she deserved to have that sort of badass female rather than 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 what they what they did to you know how they kind of treated that character. So I'm so that's why I'm so glad that that you know JJ and Kathleen Kennedy are like in charge of Star Wars because thank you Kathleen Kennedy for like becoming in charge of Star Wars and not letting George Lucas ruin it because oh let's be God. real George Lucas would have ruined this movie oh god oh, absolutely yeah. Yeah. he would have given us another so, Jar Jar 
So I do think that what, like with Finn, what is so interesting to me with the character of Finn is that actor, and his name is escaping me. John right Boyega. Now. He's I so good. I only knew him from 24 because he was in 24 oh Live God, Another Day. Yes, he was. And he was this badass CTU analyst that was like hard-nosed and like took over, you know, uh, C- not CTU, well, it was the, well, I don't want to spoil the whole season, but, you know, <laughs> he was like this this hardcore analyst and you thought of him as tough and angry and take no crap and in this he's just kind of like wide-eyed running from place to place to place to the point where you're like is this more of a comical character or more of a serious one i can't wait for the next movie because he could so do serious he He did serious so well he's so cute he's so cute and i loved adorable and i loved his whole you know i mean the whole thing of him being you know a stormtrooper who like gets a conscience like it was such a great like kind of introduction to him you know oh my god and the way that that was shot like that shot where it goes from poe over to him yeah and like that, that was beautiful. Just like transferring the story to him and bringing them together. That I loved. I loved that. And he was yes. just so his comedic timing was flawless. And, and look, then in the more serious parts, he knocked that out of the park. He too, did. He I was so good. Him. Well, the, that's the thing. All the actors were really good. That's what I think made this movie yeah. different than any other Star Wars film. Frankly, is that as, as much as we might all love the originals, we can admit that you know, look, um, you know, um, Carrie Fisher and and, and um, um, Harrison Ford are decent actors, but many of most people in the supporting cast, and let's be totally real, Mark Hamill cannot act their way mm-hmm. out of a paper sack. That's not mm-hmm. why we like those movies. So what was great about this to me was that there was not a bad performance in the entire thing. You know, the acting was really freaking solid. And uh, Adam Diver, who you knows Kylo uh, Ren, like... <sighs> I can't oh. see him as anybody other than Adam from Girls, but like, but he was really good. I mean, and 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 so unattractive, but that the perfect oh, kind just of hideous. It's, it's just oh, hideous. Yeah, the I most recognize looks, but yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, I really don't want to talk the about helmet. Yeah, yeah, uh, I know what you mean. But um, I wonder it's hard if to separate him from that character. It is. Though. It's hard. So I'm like, scummy. I, so, <laughs> so scummy. I, I saw it. And I was like, oh my god, why is Adam from Girls here? And and and. and, and I'm like, man, if, I'm like, if Hannah shows up, I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> oh, um, my God. All I can think be a about movie. is their sex scenes, like yes. the really bad ones. So yes. he pulls his mask off and that's all I'm thinking, which is really <laughs> weird in the middle of the Star Wars movie. And you oh want to talk God. about the Force Nication. <sighs> but I have to say, as a voice actor, he is incredible. Yes. Incredible. Like, I would agree with that. Watch it. You just listen to his lines and the yes. timing and the cadence of going up and down. And, you know, ultimately, Darth Vader is a cartoon Whipley Snidelash with an excellent voice actor. Kylo Ren is a million times more interesting to me because Kylo Ren is like he is the entitlement that led to Gamergate. Like he is this yeah. kind of, <laughs> kind of angry, oh burning furious kind of i mean man child he is like the the geek culture problems it's so telling like in the the lightsaber scene like he sees the lightsaber and he just walks over to you know finn he's like that's mine give it to me and like there's that sense of ownership of everything that is just it's it's him. He's such a more relevant character to me. And he's such a millennial too because he does just yeah. feel entitled because you know like like oh, right. thanks Christina. Well, I'm a, I'm a millennial <laughs> I know, too. I know. I know. I'm a millennial too. I'm 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 I 
my fault that you people like the the, <laughs> the people younger are like me like frankly like i have to i've only myself and my parents to blame for if it's our us older millennials like only made you guys worse i swear to god but no but he is such a millennial i just because- i don't know where the millennial entitlement thing comes from though because i don't know those people Anyway, this is off topic. But. How do you not? Uh, mm, I I still know these people. I mean, look, my parents like paid for my apartment for years and years. Thing. Okay, I like, never had that. <laughs> went to lessons for everything as a kid. Like literally, you won a trophy for everything. Uh, okay, so fine. <laughs> you're, you're the one millennial age non millennial. Uh, um, no, I'm not the only one. <laughs> no, they're they're okay. They're like most of us are like this. Kylo Ren is. Kylo Ren sure. is a complete millennial. It's all insane because yeah. like 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 even like Han and Luke like they didn't know how to deal with him, so they just shipped him off, and that worked out well. <laughs> like thanks, Leia. Like like honestly. Well, like, th- like, they just they sent him to therapy. Like, they tried to train him is the problem. But well, they tried to train I him, did... and then they got, like, scared and just, like, sent him off, which is such a millennial parent. That's such a thing that, like, baby boomers don't do to millennials. They're like, oh, this is a problem, Christina. You're having issues, so we'll just send you I to a therapist. I thought he was with Luke the whole time. Did I miss something? I thought that Luke was training him. Well, Luke, I think, trained him and then couldn't, yeah. and then, you know. And then he, like, well, went that's rogue. that's what they said. Like... There's that line, that's when we lost him, when we sent him off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's when I, we lost him. I got him, the impression that Luke was training him, and then he kind of flipped out and went dark side. Maybe that's something we will find out. It, it was about. alluded to. It was kind yeah. of alluded, alluded to, to that he seemed okay. So, anyway. So I I think all of us love this movie. I, I always think it's interesting to critique a movie, though. So, I mean, obviously, this is a great film. I, I think it's going to be a few years before I know where it stands. But my gut is telling me this is probably, it's it's the third or second best star. I would agree. Like, it is I would really, agree. really I good. I think in some ways but it was a little your... too referential to, like, there were, there were a few moments when yeah. I went overboard. But ultimately, like, I was but how just can so you not thrilled. Be? It's hard for it to totally stand on its own, but I would agree with you. Yeah, Brie. I think totally. that it, it'll be second or third best. Um, it's definitely. But what better. would your criticism be? What would your criticism be? Uh, I Me? think or or yeah, you start, Bray. <laughs> I mean, you start, Simone. Anyone? No, I, I, I guess. I mean, just the um, the the fact that it mirrored uh, a New Hope like entirely. I did not mind, certainly when I was watching it. I think in a few years, that might be the one thing that we're like, ah, yeah, it was the same movie. It doesn't make it less enjoyable, certainly, but it does make it less, um... Well, it makes yeah. it hard to stand on its own as much. I agree with you on that. That would be my one criticism. Yeah. The, the storyline yeah, is so said, much like If I were like a kid hope. and this was my first Star Wars movie, it would be like, wee! Well, I think it's that's, perfect. Well, I think that that's the interesting challenge that this movie had, right? Sorry, excuse Definitely. me. That's, that's the interesting challenge this movie had because on the one hand, you have to appease the bajillion fanboys and fangirls who have grown up on this, you know, franchise. But then on the other hand, this, unlike the the, the, the prequel, um, is actually the birth of a new franchise. You know, the, the prequel tried to kind of create these characters and he tried to make a kid's film that kids didn't want to see and that adults didn't like and that just, it, it didn't really fit with the lore. So with this, they had one shot to basically appease the longtime fans who have frankly been, you know, waiting for this since 1983 and, <laughs> burning, and the, for it. <laughs> burning for it because, you know, they were burned 15 years ago. Thanks a lot, George Lucas. Um, and uh, but at the same time, you know, you still have to continue that old lore. So, like, how do you do that? You kind of have to mirror the first film. I would say that I was actually one of my only criticisms would kind of be I felt like the Poe character got a real got kind of the shaft a lot. I feel like he's a really important character and was just kind I'd of like to give him the shaft. I'm who sorry, wouldn't, that was really? a sexual thing. He's so hot. He's so hot. He's so hot. And I, I felt oh, like I could have. He's so gay. He's so gay. Oh, he's I'm so sorry. gay. Yeah. Have you guys? So okay. So so, yeah. so, 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 Micah Sarsen right. and I discussed this on Cartoon Cast. 
I bet it will get cut from God. cartoon cats because it doesn't have to do with it, cartoons. But he was pointing out to me the the amount of fan fiction between uh, Finn and Poe, and then Good. I found that there's actually a huge amount of fan fiction between Finn, Poe, and Ray. Good. That's We're my OT. I'm okay free. with that. I'm okay. Like, with like that. the polyamory yeah. like fanfic is strong for this already. <laughs> I literally just great. opened up Tumblr on my phone, and there's a, a picture of the three of them together. So this um, is this is this is what I'm saying. There we go. So is it? So yeah. So I I felt like there wasn't enough Poe, and I felt like, and this is gonna be weird. I know that like we all love Mark Hamill as like a voice actor or whatever, but like Mark Hamill's a freaking terrible actor and he ruined that last scene. His, his lack of ability to act. Like that's why you were in one frame, Mark. That's why. <laughs> okay. I, it was just quiet. It was a crane shot. Also, that's it, the only way they could it do was it. A, it was a problem on Mark's part. Sorry, Mark. Yeah. But it was also whoever chose to linger and linger and linger <laughs> on that shot yeah. that uh, they were responsible as well. If you if you put a camera on someone's face and be like, okay, for the next five seconds, have a really strong emotion, and that person is not the best actor, that's your choice. No, it, it, well, exactly. I'm just saying that it's like, look, you know, could he like he could have done Blue Steel, he could have done something. Like I don't know, it's just it just it didn't work for sure. me. Um, but so yeah, I thought I, I I think the critique of this being too close to a New Hope is is fair. But if you watch it a few more times, like most of the movie is not mirroring it that's it's true. just towards that's the end that's with true. a few shots and they they rip off very specific shots they even have like an overweight person in an x-wing saying the same kind of lines and flying the same way <laughs> as like pork jenkins did in the original one um i but i think structurally i i think like my main critique of this film would actually be design wise so from like a 3d design point of view the reason the Star Destroyers and the reason the X-Wing, they look so much better in this is because of the extremely fine detail. When they're like flying through the Star mm -hmm. Destroyer superstructure, you see thousands and thousands of small antennas sticking up and like every little part of it is modeled, which is why it looks so much more real. That said... I think, you know, for all the critique of the prequels, and there's plenty of reasons to critique it, you know, Naboo was a beautiful new world with some yes. really interesting designs. You know, the, the Nubian Type J fighter mm -hmm. was an interesting fighter design. Obi-Wan's, you know, TIE fighter was a very interesting design. And I think design-wise here, other than BB-8, um, I, I really think this was just coasting on the laurels of the previous film. Yeah, I think that th I yeah. think that's really fair. I think it's also interesting how, but I almost wonder how much of it was almost in direct response to that. I mean, because one of the biggest criticisms I think a lot of people had for the, the, the prequel, like story aside, was how much Lucas really just relied on digital imagery and digital effects as opposed to anything else. And, and I think, and I think honestly it, it, it made beautiful films, but it also made films that very much look of their era, mm -hmm. you know, um, right. in, 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 in 20 years, they're not going to look that beautiful. It's going to look more cheesy. Whereas I think the originals, what was kind of interesting about them is that although you can see the wire at certain points and you can see like, like the, the, the you know, the, the, the effects and you can kind of see the world building, like it had a beautiful look. I almost wonder if it, you know, Abrams was trying so hard to kind of go back to that realism sense of like using real sets and, and not just, you know, painting with a digital canvas that he maybe went too far in the other direction. 
Sure, but I mean, they could have like with the Tie Fighter. You know, the there are like the Tie Defender is a very cool looking ship. Oh yeah, no, I, I'm agreeing with you. That's what you I'm know. saying. I almost wonder. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. What I'm saying is, I wonder if if his, if his if he did that almost to kind of come back from like wanting to be super right to super computery. Well, I think that was the strongest part of this film was, I mean, it barely used anything on computer. And the most unsuccessful parts of this, I felt, were like Maz is a really interesting character, but very unsuccessful alien design and a very, like, unimpressive technical implementation. I thought, like, she really pulled me out of the movie in every scene she was in. Was that just me or did you, do you guys agree with that? I don't, she didn't pull me out of the movie, but it is true that there is a huge difference between, like, that character and even, I mean, that, that scavenger bird that's on um, yeah. Jakku, where you, mm-hmm. you can tell it's a practical effect and it doesn't look like a real bird, but it does look like part of the world. And um, I really like that. I liked all the practical effects a lot. You know how I feel about yeah. practical effects. Yeah. 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 No, I, uh, no I, I, I agree with that. Um, but yeah, no, I, th- I thought it, overall, I mean, I, I think it'll probably be second or third. I mean, I think that, you know, obviously Empire is best. And then it, it mm-hmm. kind of, yeah. it, it's going to depend whether this goes after Empire or after New Hope. But it's better than Jedi and it's better than the prequels. Kim, mm. can, can we talk about, like, I am really bothered by how much conversation I've seen on Twitter that is discussing if, um, you know, Carrie Fisher has aged well. And I oh, just, I just uh, think that's so unfair and, and just ridiculous. Exactly. Like, just lean on it and light right. it on fire. <laughs> no, yeah. and, I mean, and it's like, and, and she's she's been funny and flippant about it, but I feel like it's been ridiculous that, right. that she's even had to face that at all. I mean, she's Carrie freaking Fisher, Postcards from the Edge, which, by the way, great memoir, fantastic movie, um, all about her life right. um, growing up with, 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 her, with her mom. Um who's insane and great um you know carrie fisher doesn't 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 care uh but i but i agree i think that's bs that that's become kind of this whole thing is how well is she aged just like she hasn't had the typical hollywood career first of all you know and second of all like she's you know she grew up like eddie fisher and and who's her mom um oh shirley mclean debbie reynolds Debbie Reynolds. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Eddie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds are her parents. You know what I mean? Like she kind of grew up in a, a different era, and she was certainly super, super hot in the seventies. But I mean, by the eighties, I mean by eighty-five, she was like the best friend in When Harry Met Sally. You know what I mean? That kind of became her stock right. role. So I, right. it's weird to me. I'm like, it's this is a weird criticism because it wasn't ever like she it's, hasn't been like she's played the hot woman since Leia. Like right. that's just not her archetype. That's just not her thing, which is fine. But I, I agree. I think it's BS that people will criticize her for that, especially since I mean, yeah, look, Harrison Ford looks great, but like he's also they, they look like they've aged the same. They, they yeah. do. I, it looks like normal and like a yeah. normal relationship between people right. of I guess she is quite a bit younger than him, but people of similar ages who grew up, right. and that's such a wonderful, rare thing to see. Is I like, agree. And I love, actually, that whole relationship arc was great to me. Like, the idea that they had not necessarily stayed together and been, like, a fairy tale couple, but they still loved each other. Yeah. And, like, there there was a lot, so much history there. And it just, like, my soul just aches with the idea that at some point after Return of the Jedi, you know, Han and Leia split up for a little while. Like that, for a long oh, time, I, I love which, it. Which I mean, I think makes total sense, right? Like, because both yeah, of them are kind of headstrong, people. very different people, pretty headstrong. And she's like, look, she's got a, she's got a like a, a government to run. You know, she can't really mm-hmm. be dealing with like her like won't grow up, you know, boyfriend, husband, whatever. Like, 
Yeah, and I think well, that, no, that was a really was brave kid. choice because they could have. That was the reason they broke up was was having a kid, and the kid wasn't good. Yeah, and then stress about <laughs> and the kid. Well, there and they're like, <laughs> and they're like, well, they're like, well, in this mess, right. you know. But but and he he can't deal. <laughs> right. But he couldn't deal, so he left. Is, yeah, is yeah. The distinct right. feeling probably, I got is that that yeah. he could not deal, and he was like, well, I'm just gonna go and and be a raider again. So what I love most about yeah. this is that you have this this couple of two very strong people and it doesn't just turn into like that kind of sitcom thing where the woman is sitting back and rolling her eyes as the husband like goes out and I don't know has his midlife crisis like they both go and they do what they are good at and what she's good at is being a general and what he's good at is being a smuggler like it's a very equal thing where it they're they're split up they're divorced i I don't think they're divorced or whatever whatever however you wasn't even clear if they were ever married who knows but they're not together however you want to define that split it they both kind of came away from that people who adults who are doing their own thing and being their their individual selves and that was really cool i think a really cool thing to see yeah, I also like they didn't really build up the whole like, oh, I can't see him, I can't see her sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was just like we're gonna be adults about this. Because in a we lesser film, in a lesser film, we we would have had like a whole like section dedicated to like them refusing to see one another because oh, I can't see him because we're yeah. we haven't talked in so long. In this case, they're like, hey, how are you? What's up? Is our kids <laughs> up? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> and it was a, it was a really beautiful moment too. I, I, very we can be very flippant about it, but it was also like a really it was very beautiful. That's what I'm saying. Quiet, lovely moment. Yeah, I thought like it was a great moment you. between uh, <laughs> oh. Leia and Ray at the end of it because you know, yes. there's that line with Kylo Ren where he's like, you know, you see Han as kind of the father you never had. He's going to disappoint you. Then you know Han dies, and you know there's that really loving hug between them at the end. Yeah, and I cried. think it's. It's so rare in movies you get to see, you know, that kind of affection or friendship between like an older woman and a younger yes. woman, just just like there and being very honest and real and that sense of loss between both of them. Right. To me, that was one of the, the most emotional moments of the film. But I, I, totally. I think the best scene was what you're talking about, the force between yes oh my god nication. Oh. i'm sorry right. that's not what it is that's not yeah. what it is that's not it what was it, is. A, it was a really good scene it was, really it was a really good scene it. and that was the thing though when she's realizing her power and, and, and he's kind of realizing hers and yeah i'm sorry there's no other word for it it was a yeah and that's what it was and it was it was weirdly hot and i'm like i'm so not attracted to him at all but i and yeah. she shouldn't be either but yet there'd be something about that and you could totally tell that she'd be like wow Okay. <laughs> okay, I'll be over here in my like Finn Ray shipping corner, being happy and you know looking well, at attractive no, we, people. Well, who because are we loving. all well we all ship Finn and Ray. I mean, like let's make no mistake here. I'm just saying that like even even Ray would be like, huh? The the force really can like make <laughs> make this guy like you know what I mean? Because that's it was just yeah. the, the power between oh, we them. We took very the, different things out of that scene. It's hilarious to me. <laughs> Because I just looked at that was like Daniel. Oh, sorry. Go sorry. Ahead. No, yeah. I'm done. No, I was gonna say. What do you think of Daniel Craig's uh, cameo in this? Because I love what? that. That was what? so great. He was the stormtrooper. Yeah, like, he was. was like, he and was, I'm dropping great. my gun. Oh my god, that was Daniel Craig. That was Daniel what? Craig. I'm learning so no, I thought much he was great. I, I thought that was great. And I thought Greg Grunberg, who's, uh, uh, you know, one of J.J. Abrams' best friends and it's in all of his projects, I thought him being in it as as uh, as one of the fighters was was great. Because um, anytime I see Greg Grunberg, I'm, just, I'm like, it's Sean oh, from Plus And I'm excited. Heroes, right? 
Yeah, he was on Heroes and he was on Lost. He's been like in every JJ project. He starred on Felicity. He has as yeah. uh, he eventually had a starring oh, role that's in Felicity. So cool. Yeah, they've been like best friends since they were like little kids. Oh, that's adorable. Oh. I love that. That makes me really happy. That's amazing. <laughs> yep, all right, this all movie right. made me really happy. That's the end of it. <laughs> um, should we sign off for the night? Yeah, let's do it. Release yeah. the I people. got games to play. I got games to play. Oh yeah, you're gonna play Assassin's Creed Syndicate, right? <laughs> Right, yeah, all Assassin's that's, Creed. That's the tone now. of a truthful person who is telling it. the truth. I'm totally telling the truth. Brianna, what are you up to this week? Uh developing. Uh so you know, Christine, have you seen? Have either of you seen The Expanse yet uh, on Ooh. Sci-Fi Channel? I have not. So, oh my God, guys, it is, it is, it it doesn't get you into it as quickly as Battlestar Galactica did, but it is absolutely the new Battlestar Galactica. I've read. Um, that, I mean, I've heard that that's what they're trying to make it because sci-fi has been a long it's, time since. It's so good, and I know the author, but um, man, I watched this and. Do you know when, like, you see something artistic that's so good and it just makes you want to, like, go do, like, emulate that? So I started watching The Expanse and it was, they do this really cool cinematography trick in it where they, um, they have darker sets and they will just bathe all the actors in very specific lights for that, um, scene. So, like, when they're on the, the Dulcina, they will, like, bathe the characters in, like, this blue light for, like, the creepy scene. So it's just, like, this black and blue on the characters so i'm like all right i'm gonna rip up all the lighting in rev 60 and make the whole game look like this <laughs> so that is all i've been doing for the last week is ripping up all the lighting in the game oh, and like no. setting all these lights that go everywhere and it's got this like it looks like tron because everything is so dark now it's got all these beautiful That's colors so cool. in the background that... so that is what i've been doing I'm and amanda's gonna have she's gonna freak lighting. out on yeah on monday when she has to re-render a bunch of shots because i changed all the lighting she's gonna be pretty pissed at me so merry christmas amanda yeah merry christmas amanda <laughs> oh my god yeah all right christina what are you up to uh so i'm, I'm still on vacation for a couple more days oh. and so uh so i'm like literally like catching up on tv and netflix and and emails and other stuff and then i'm going back to work but i'm on vacation so like yesterday oh, i spent the entire Andy. day in bed watching two broke girls eating pizza which was awesome oh my god <laughs> that's the ideal life it really is oh my god and no i started watching broad city when i was visiting my mom i love broad I city have not laughed that hard okay in, in forever it's so forever. good uh, like it's it's uh it's so funny because Grant just started watching Broad City and he texts me and he's like, "Have you seen Broad City?" I'm like, "Hi, where have you been? I've only been <laughs> I've t- lived I've, Broad City. I've told you about this show. We we do this to one another. We're, 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 he'll discover a show years after I've told him to start watching it. Yeah. Like, this is so good. I'm like." But Battlestar was actually one of those shows. Battlestar was oh, still no. airing when we first got together, and it was like when it was still on Netflix. Like he finally decided to watch it, watch it, and he like was like, "Have you seen the show? It's so good." I'm like, "Hi, I tried to get you to watch this with me, <laughs> you know, like six <laughs> oh. years ago, and you were like, no." Hello. Um. Exactly. But no, Broad City is the best. So also a really funny show uh, on Hulu. D- uh, brought you have to. It's so good. Uh, Ilana and Abby are just like the best ever. It's so good. Um, it started as a web series and then Comedy Central picked it up and it's genuinely one of the funniest shows on TV. Also really funny show, Difficult People. It's a it Hulu really original. Is. Difficult People is so funny. Um, cool. uh, it, it's really, really good. Amy Poehler is an executive producer on that. that. It's uh, Billy Eichner <gasps> is in it and um, I can't think of the chick's name. Um, 
but she's fantastic. And and they're basically about these two like comedian writer types in their thirties. Speaking 30s of Amy who... Poehler, though, I read today that the last season of Parks and Rec is coming to Netflix. Yay! Yay! That's exciting. I'm excited about that. Um, she's <laughs> also an exec producer on Broad City. There was like, massive she's... delay there. I'm sorry. I think I interrupted like ten minutes of your speaking. <laughs> no, that's okay. I think our internet is cropping out. Yeah, I think our internet's <laughs> yep. cropping out. So it's a signal from the universe that we have to stop. <laughs> we have to stop. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm pretty much doing the same. I'm in the same boat as you, Christine. I have some work to do this week um, and uh, a lot of personal writing to do and some work writing to do as well. So that's pretty much what I will be doing. Um, Probably getting that, you know, platinum trophy in Assassin's Creed Syndicate, the game that I won't shut up about. (laughs) And I'm sorry. I am going to. I'm going to fly to Seattle and steal that disc and just stomp it. It's a digital download, Brianna. Well, You're going to have to take my whole PS4. Well, I can do that. Fight I'm going to infiltrate will, your house in a cardboard box. I will. Be, you, there, you will be yeah. well disguised because we have right. many at the moment. All so right. <laughs> that's a good plan that you've chosen. I'm going to go all throw right. them all out now. All okay. right. Well, okay, Brianna, where can we find you online? Space Cat Gal on Twitter. Nice. Christina, what about you? Film underscore girl on the Twitters. Wowza. And I am Doom Quasar on Twitter. Um, and thanks for listening to this show. Please do review and rate us on iTunes. We super duper appreciate it. This episode of Rocket, the 51st episode. 52 is next week. This episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 Terminated.